Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. Haven't spoken with him on the show since the Cardinals exited the wild card series. It seems like that was a long time ago to me. Does it seem like that? Yeah, yeah. I guess I just Friday afternoon just feels like a while ago. I don't know what's up. Six days. Uh, so Dan will be with us coming up at 1045 and uh, looking forward to talking it over with him you are always welcome to participate in this program by texting in the air comfort service text line 65780 by using the 101 espn app to leave a mic drop jackson just revealed at the tail end of tma that he's not been checking the mic drop folder and uh candidly i'm furious as you should be that's on me oh wow i have to be better wow i have to be better okay so you're going to do that i'm checking it right now wow all right well there you go so you can leave one via the uh, 101 ESPN app and partake in the radio program. That way, Dan McLaughlin, as I said, joining us coming up at approximately uh, 10.45 here on Balloon Party. Uh, So with that all said, Jackson, uh, how much playoff baseball did you watch last night? My Padres are are alive, and uh, if you're interested in betting that series, it's 1-1. Let me know. You can have the Dodgers. I'm not even taking the odds. I'm not even taking the odds, even though I don't want to be the uh, other Straight up? Yeah. 20 bucks? Sure. All right, I'll take the Dodgers. We're starting to have a lot of $20 wagers that I'm just going to forget about, and well, you'll be free-rolling because I won't call you on it if I win. That's no, kind I'll, of I'll Maybe the audience will help me out. The last one was that Bills-Ravens game, and that was a push. That's right. So other than that, I think we're, we're pretty much on, on board there. I, I remember vividly losing out to you on a when will the uh, – puck drop in a blues playoff game and yeah you learned your lesson about that taking the you'll never you'll the... never do that again you just kind of understand what the deal is taking there. the under is never the move yeah um and uh also you bet against albert Pujols hitting 700 home runs if i, I could be off on that but that is correct and, and that, that's a very that's well framed by you i have to say because it was less i was betting against it <laughs> as much so that well i guess i was just betting against it right well, well said either way. It, it, it leaves some context out. You know? I mean, the Dodgers are basically two to one. They're minus 180. Really? So we got, uh, and I'm giving you just tw- straight up 20 bucks. Yeah. And it's a best of three. Well, it's a best of five, but thank you best for of, first joining three, the postseason. Best of five. That's what I meant to right. say. That's correct. I, I get confused with that sometimes. Are you just making up that you didn't know it? Because I do think you knew it. No, I knew it was but a best of five. I don't know anymore. Now I'm confused. Like, I know you know that, you know, the NBA Finals set up. And I know you were excited about the Las Vegas Aces and the WNBA, but 
did you not know that the NLDS was a best of five? No, I did know it was a best of five. I just get confused with like best of five, but you only have to win three games. So sometimes that throws well, me off. Well, that's the math. Right. But I, it's, it's confusing wording, I have to say. Best of five. It just confuses me sometimes. I knew that you had to win three games and it's a best of five series in the NLDS. And then it goes to a best of seven in the NLCS. I feel like I'm Tony Soprano right now after enjoying peyote in the desert <laughs> in the final episodes of The Sopranos, and I don't know what's real and what's not. Am I hosting the show? Am I hearing what I'm hearing? Welcome to the Piddle Show. <laughs> uh, for the record, uh, if you like the uh, Mariners to mount a Sunday charge and come back, they are plus 350 against the Astros, and I know you like the Mariners because you like their uniforms. Yeah, I, I said it on TMA. I think Seattle's the best uniform city in America. Best uniform city in America, Go. I'll say I really love Seattle because I love the Kraken uniforms have really thrown it over the top. Those are beautiful. I'm surprised you even know the franchise exists, and I'm being serious when I say that. Well, I went to a game, the only Blues game I went No, I went to two Blues games last year. Uh, one of them was against the Kraken, and I was like, man, those are some sharp uniforms. And they all kind of use the same color, like that teal and navy, and I really like that. I like when cities do that, too. Pittsburgh does Pittsburgh it. Pittsburgh does it, yeah. yeah. I don't know if any other cities. I'm trying to think. That's the one I was thinking of, so maybe nobody else does it. Yeah. Los Angeles, as much as I hate to say it, uh, the Dodgers and the Lakers uniforms are super classic, and I really like oh, yeah. those. Uh, Pittsburgh. I really like Pittsburgh. I like the Pirates. I like the Steelers, and to a lesser extent, the Penguins. Uh, and then... Move to Seattle, boy. That's from the 314. Seattle's beautiful. Um, have you been to Seattle? Uh, yeah, I've been. No, I've not been to Seattle. I have then how do you too. know? I have friends who've lived in Seattle, and it is beautiful. I have My West Coast experience. This is a rougher segment for Piddles. I That's disagree. Very I think it's super strong. Uh, the West Coast, I have like, I've been to like everywhere on the East Coast. I've not been to many places on the West Coast. But Seattle is beautiful via National Geographic. I can look at pictures. Uh, those are some sharp uniforms is what I just heard. What are you, 60? That's from the 636. <laughs> oh, Toronto. the Both the Leafs and the Raptors and the Blue Jays. Leafs. Right. We have to speak improper English when talking about them. Uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Raptors. Heartbreaking finish last night. Did you see it? No. L'habitant got them. The Canadiens? Aye. See, I knew that. They have terrible uniforms. Those are bad. You don't like the Canadians' uniforms? No. Those are bad. Oh, boy. You better pack a lunch in this Air Comfort Service text line. I'll even go to say the only good uniforms in Canada is Toronto's. I hope Jamie Rivers is here, and he's just going to storm in here, and he might pin you up against the wall. Calgary's aren't bad. It's a good logo, uh, but uh, red and orange and yellow doesn't do it for me. Tim, please turn off his mic. Well, I control the mics, so best of luck. Uh, guys, I used to live in Seattle. The people are not attractive. Yikes. That's from the 636. Blues and the Cardinals are the best. Piddles, St. Louis is at the top of the list. It's in the 314. Uh, yeah. The Cardinal road uniforms bother me because the home uniforms are so great. And I feel very strongly about this. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Like Missouri doing whatever Missouri does, it's like, okay, Missouri is what Missouri is, and, you know, okay. It's like the Diamondbacks changing their uniforms. You go, okay. Oh, those are the worst. So whatever. We have seven uniforms this year, fine. You're the Diamondbacks. But this is the Cardinals. You can do much better than that Philadelphia Phillies road uniform look that they have. Yeah. Got it. 
I, I'm embarrassed by how much it bothers me. And it shouldn't bother anybody at any age, much less at this point in my life as a husband and father. It bothers me. I'm wearing my Navy road cap right now. And um, what I would say is if I caught Albert's... And the fans wanted the blue caps, too. 100%. They said, okay, we'll do a vote. And then like 65% said, all right, Navy caps. Well, we'll do it when they play teams with red caps. If I caught Albert's 700th home run... To, if they wanted the ball back, they'd have to change back to Navy road caps every single wow. road Wow. What equity you would gain with the audience with that move. That's what I, I will give you the ball back. I will sacrifice the millions that I may receive, but I just want you to go back to Navy caps. Yeah, and I, I wonder if that would have gotten it done. I don't know if they would have done it. Because that, like, I don't know. Like, that might, they might have to go through MLB to do all that. I don't know. But I would say I need it in writing. And it's not gonna. I'm not gonna give you the ball until I see it. You know, I have to. When you play the Pirates, if they're wearing the Navy road caps, the ball is yours. Wow, look at you. Yeah, that that I listen. started the segment really struggling, making up stories about the vista of the Pacific Northwest, and then ends it with one of the most powerful and emotional statements in the history of what has always been a very emotional show. Yeah, uh, that is the award-winning. Uh, balloon party. Uh, let's see. Freddie Mercury is great in concert, but I've never seen him. That comes from Pi. Hi, Pi. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> His name is Pi. Hi, Tom and Jason. There you go. What in the hell's going on? Uniform talk when we have a Blues home opener in 48 hours. It's from Flip and Swansea. CBJ's uniforms are pretty bad, too. Back on uniforms. Do you want to break down tonight's Commanders Bears showdown? Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of turnovers, and it's uh, the new Commanders uniforms are terrible. Uh, Bears uniforms are classics, one of my favorite. Uh, but there's a bad quarterback play, and total uh, is thirty-eight. Hawk is expected to be up in. Uh, is it going to be cold? Is it going to be cold in Chicago tonight? I mean, I'm just assuming that's the case. Yeah, probably like forty. Yeah, the under seems to be the juiciest play, but then the public's going to be all over the under, and then what happens? Ah, the that? public doesn't like to bet unders, though. Yeah, huh. but with these two teams, and after last week's Thursday night thing, short week for two teams that you know aren't very good. I think a lot of people are going to be betting the under. Y'all really going to ignore Miami jerseys? Think that's in the three and four. Ah, the Miami Dolphins and Heat kill it. The Marlins uniforms stink. And I guess the Florida Panthers will call it Miami. And those uniforms are terrible. Yeah, Hollywood. Sunrise, Florida. Those are awful. Uh, guys, why haven't you talked about the sports upset of the century you were a part of? I, well, I mean, I appreciate that. Uh, that's from the 618. And, in, 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 you know, do we have the audio, Darren Pang? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll pull it up. All right. Uh, we played... Uh, Chris Nagel, I would say it's pretty fair to say he is the best golfer in St. Louis, and he played in the U.S. Open. He was in the mix to win uh, the John Deere on Sunday a couple of months ago. He played him at his home track from the tips, about 7,250 yards, and dead serious when I say it. I could not be more surprised that we were six under as a team through uh, nine, seven under through ten, and we won the match seven and six with a, a substantial gallery at Meadowbrook Country Club as we played this charity match to ber- benefit birdies for bipolar. Darren Pang, friend of the program, a regular guest here on Balloon Party every Wednesday. Uh, when I told him about this match, here is what he had to say. We wanted your analysis on this as to uh, the likelihood of us shocking the world and defeating Chris Nagel. Well, well, number one, Todd's the bartender at Meadowbrook, and uh, he's a tall, bald guy. 
And you might as well just go right from the first tee uh, to the 19th hole, um, settle in there. He, he actually has Urban Underdog, and he's got Swickle on, on tap. Just, just, just kind of sit there and have a couple of pops and just and watch Chris Nagel hit the golf ball because you guys stand no chance in hell of beating him. Ah! Jackson, you used that soundbite as motivation. I think you were playing it in your AirPods on the range on repeat. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. I was like, man, so no one thinks we can do this. Well, you know what that means. It's time to shock the world. Do you believe in miracles? And we uh, we executed yesterday. Uh, I am shocked. I think Nagel's shocked. I'm shocked. I can't believe it. I honestly thought we would shoot around 73, and we were on pace to shoot 65. Yeah, That's where it was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was something else. So thank you to Meadowbrook Country Club and Chris Nagel and Michael Wellington and the people at Birdies for Bipolar, uh, Todd the bartender, uh, who I know is Panger's guy, and uh, everybody uh, for coming out for that yesterday. I didn't expect a gallery. I mean, Jackson, you were hitting a tee shot in front of a substantial number of people. I didn't really notice it until, we, like I said, we were walking down the first fairway and the carts are cascading <laughs> down the fairway. It's and like Rory and Tiger walking up 18 at Eastlake in 2018. I was like, what was what, what going on right now? I and there were even it. more by the time we got to number five, number six. So, yeah. so the, the, the only question is this, who's next? Yeah, who wants a piece of us? That was that was that voice right there was wild. Uh, Bill Goldberg, WCW, Monday Night Nitro. Yeah. So who, yeah, whoever wants it next. This Hancock. Who wants to smoke? That's the question. I don't know. I can't imagine anybody does. Yeah, everyone's gonna stay away. They're gonna. They're I, like, I know oh, Eldrick doesn't cool. want any part of it. Eldrick doesn't want any part of it. Yeah, but yeah, a hundred percent. He yeah, doesn't. He doesn't want it. He Sunday Red doesn't scare us. I think if we played Nagel again, he might nine and eight us. You think? I think he felt like he was rope-a-doped. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I heard uh, some of your teammates were a little worse than it looks like they are. And I go, I don't know what to tell you. I'm as surprised as you are. Well, I think everyone looks a little bit better in a scramble. I would agree, but still, yeah, to shoot six under on the front nine right. like, from the tips. I mean, yeah. it's one thing if it's the white tees, but yeah. from the tips, holy crap. We didn't chip one time like that. It was a itself, gur festival. That in itself is impressive. It was an absolute uh, gur festival. Uh, Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. we got Action Jackson's questions here. By the way, I've given the odds for these uh, series. Uh, I did not give the Guardians and the Yankees. The Yankees are minus 450. The Guardians plus 300. And the Braves are minus 165. The Phillies are plus 125. And Jackson and I now have a $20 bet. I've got the Padres beating the Dodgers. I didn't even give any odds or get any odds, even though I'm the underdog. I really think the Padres are going to win this thing. Now I'm starting to think I got it. They're going to, they'll get a Musgrove start then in this series if it goes. They got Snell and Musgrove next. Yeah. Well, that's... And those guys can rake. Yeah. Yeah. But the Dodgers have played the Padres really well over the past The thing is, years. the Dodgers hit the hell out of the baseball last night and lost. It was yeah. like a, an anomaly. <laughs> Disheartening. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you from Magical Hour of radio and uh, winning awards left and right uh, as determined by Inside STL Enterprises. So uh, we thank them uh, for their uh, support of the show. Yep. And just as a disclaimer, I, uh, I own Inside STL Enterprises. Dan McLaughlin's going to join us coming up at 1045 to talk it over. National League off today, American League underway later on with the Guardians and Yankees and the Astros and Jackson's favorite uniforms 
the Mariners. You're welcome to get involved in the show, 65780. That is how you can text in via the Air Comfort Service text line. And, of course, you can leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Jackson, once again, censoring the audience, (laughs) had not listened all week. Uh, Now you've just gone into the mic drop app, and uh, there are some in there. What do we have? What do we have going on here today on this program? We have Steve in Wildwoods, but... To be fair, I have not fully listened to it yet. Therefore, I cannot, in good conscience, play it. Getting tired of play it. it over the air. Would Rockio want to do another hour? Rock, you busy? <laughs> can, you start, can you screen my mic drops for me? Uh, so we can't hear it. Next segment. I'll have it ready for the next segment. Mm, I just I, I I can't play something over the air that I did not listen to. It you are doing right. the right thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right to do so. You were doing the right thing. Uh, by the way, even though he was pretty transparent with it, with his uh, was it a tweet that Carlos Correa sent out, think, or did he do an interview with I it? Think a reporter? It was an interview where he said, "Yeah, the price has gone up." <laughs> uh, Carlos Correa is going to use his opt out and test free agency. Yeah. That was uh, not surprising. So the uh, that shortstop will be available this offseason if uh, if the Cardinals are so inclined to go that direction. So, what, I mean, he's going to garner 25 maybe, maybe less. I mean, he's a World Series champion, a couple-time All-Star. Uh, he hit 291 with 22 home runs, 64 RBIs, 70 runs scored in 136 games. Mm-hmm. And he is at 28 years old. Yeah, he's going to, that's going to be a big paycheck he's going to get. Signed a three year, $105 million deal with the Twins that include multiple opt outs. He says the following I have a good relationship with Minnesota. I'm very interested in being able to return. I've been in this business for a long time, and I know that things do not always go the way one wants them to. I don't know what that part meant. <laughs> one more time. I'm going to read it again and see if we can figure it out. Please. It's Carlos Correa. I have a good relationship with Minnesota. I am very interested in being able to return. I have been in this business for a long time, and I know that things do not always go the way one wants them to. I don't know what that means. Yeah, so, so basically like you— Maybe maybe it's the, the, the fact that the Twins wound up— the Twins were in the mix, and then yeah. they wound up finishing 78-84. Weak AL Central. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I guess that's what that means. I don't know if the Cardinals would do it. I, I don't, don't know. So. That 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 one strikes me as one that he's gonna. Then you're paying your infield close to probably seventy five, eighty million dollars. Yeah, it would be in the eighty range at that point. Yeah, that's gonna be tough when you can go get guys probably similar to him in production, or like you prioritize the outfielder catcher more. Kind of depends on what you're doing, but with shortstop. I would say they have the most flexibility given Tommy Edmond and Nolan Gorman. So Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn. Yeah, That's Mason Wynn. 100%. Uh, Action Jackson, you pose this question. We discussed the Cardinals' payroll situation heading into the 2023 season. What, in your mind, some creative ways that they can stretch the payroll to contribute more offense? Do you think Kisner could be the answer at catcher, allowing for more flexibility for outfield offensive production? And the outfield, what are some ways to clear up some money to add production? Finally, if Wainwright wanted to come back, with the Cardinals being an awkward spot to pay him close to his money last year without knowing what Wayno they were getting, that $17 million could definitely be used well elsewhere. That is what he made last year. I'll start with the last one first, as I am one to do with Jackson's questions. Uh, I cannot imagine... Bill DeWitt, specifically mm-hmm. Bill DeWitt, the chairman, allowing him to finish his career somewhere else. I just can't. Now, 
maybe he would break off of what has been something that I think is very important to him. And he talks about it. A player playing his entire career with one team. Now, Wainwright started in the Braves organization, but he made his major league debut with the Cardinals. And I just I just can't picture him being on board with letting him walk. I think there's such value placed on this rare phenomenon that the Cardinals have had with, with Molina. Um, and that is one team for the entirety of the career. Right. Now, with that said... If he's saying I need seventeen million, and we did yesterday, but I know not everybody gets a chance to listen to to every single moment, uh, go over the Fangraphs projected payroll for the Cardinals, and they're already already this this is just committed, and this is by the way uh, before any of the arbitration eligible players, and before Quintana, who is a free agent, would be back, uh, already one hundred six million dollars. And that's before Jordan Montgomery arbitration eligible, Jack Flaherty, Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks, Tyler O'Neill, Dakota Hudson, Tommy Edmond, Ryan Helsley, uh, Cabrera Kisner, which could theoretically, now you know this isn't going to happen, and this is the projection of the arbitration, be another $40 million. So now you're at 145. Now, recognize that 40 is the max because they will be trading away some of those players who are not interested. But with that said... There are dollars on the books, and by the way, that does not include Adam Wainwright's, if you want to call it seventeen. Right. Yeah. Even if it's fifteen, it's still you know a big chunkier payroll. Right so there. what that tells me is the path to the major leagues for someone such as Jordan Walker is clear. Yeah. And it should be. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious, and I don't know if you'd ever get an answer on the record. Um, and I wouldn't violate the off-the-record element of it, uh, but just curious what the thought process was on not having Walker get some time with the Cardinals this year. I'm sure they had reasons, of course. They didn't do it, but I'm sure they discussed it. But I'd be curious on that. I think there would have been value to having him just be around Albert Pools. I yeah. think there's value for Yepes on that. And uh, and just what Albert turned into this year, which uh, was a mentor for the young players, I think uh, it could have been incredibly helpful, especially considering it wasn't a spot where you're going, well, we've got a surplus of bats in the outfield. Oh, yeah, quite the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that is, I'm, I'm in on that. And I know it might not necessarily be all of that surprising, but I am in on him being expedited to the big leagues, in part because of the financial numbers that I just stated. I do not think Paul DeYoung will be with the Cardinals uh, next year. Agreed. I do not think Tyler O'Neill will be with the Cardinals next year. Dakota Hudson is an intriguing piece because you're selling and there's still some potential there, but you're not necessarily selling at a high. Right. But it's you're not selling perfect. a young arm. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, listen, if you have Wainwright, Michaelis, Flaherty, Quintana, and Montgomery – that is a that's a lovely way to start your rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, you're good. It's a good rotation. You know, you're going to inevitably run into injuries, but you got Palante or Palante, I should say, and he can come off if necessary. He did it this year. I don't know if they'd like that long term. But yeah. my point being, on Dakota Hudson, you know, do you need him? Yeah, and and you can maybe get perhaps an outfielder that is a a solution um, for him. So with that all said, uh, it's just going to cost money because when I give you these numbers, it does not include. Wainwright and Quintana, 
and the projection for Montgomery is ten million on arbitration for him. Yeah. That's... So it gives you an idea of the kind of dollars that are already committed to the Cardinals. And part of that is because before you name anybody else other than two guys you're gonna finish in the top five in the MVP those guys are giving you $61 million of salary right there with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Before yep. we go beyond the two guys who are going to finish in the top five in the MVP, I should say. Right. So that's what kind of boxes you in. Yep. But and it's but that's that's the cost of doing business. The Stephen Matz, $10 million is also on there, for the record. Yeah. And Paul DeYoung, $9 million is on there. And you might go, okay, well, they're going to trade him away. But you know they would have to eat some of that salary if 100%. indeed that winds up happening. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 65780, Air Comfort Service, text line. Dan McLaughlin will join us at 1045. Looking forward to having that conversation with him. Uh, and you are welcome to leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Jackson's head bobbing. He's on the high. This one's one of my favorites. Shocking the world here. Uh, It is uh, 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. Jackson finally has checked the mic drop folder for Balloon Party. I don't know. I, I wonder if he censors. That's what I wonder. Mm. Because sometimes the feedback isn't what I would describe as positive. And so you might not want the criticism to be heard by the audience and instead just filter the texts that are all positive. Yeah, that's if that was possible. Trust me, I would have found out about it a long time ago. So let's see what we have uh, with regards to a mic drop here. Had a few, ga- few days to think about it, calm down a little bit. Great season overall. Stop it! The goal was to win the World Series! And you failed! I thought we got rid of Little League! Now we're stuck with Ali Martini! What the hell's going on? 75 pitches? What, is he gonna fall apart? It's your only chance to win! You gotta leave him in there! And why can't you pull Helsley before he screws the whole thing up? And what the hell's the media in this town doing? Running around playing golf at country clubs! Wish I had enough money to join a country club, Tim! Puddles! (laughs) Get your ass down to the stadium and old Bowtie, Pinocchio, and DeWallet accountable. We won a World Series and won it now. Trade Goldschmidt, trade Arenado, and get some people in here who can perform in the playoffs. Tired of it. My God. <laughs> Just alarming. Held our feet to the fire, Tim. So are you heading down to Bush Stadium today now? You've been requested. I realize he called you Puddles, but I think that was directed at you. Yeah, I could, I'll accept Puddles. Uh, you, so you have to go down to Bush Stadium, walk into Bill DeWitt's office. Yeah, I don't know where that is, to be honest with you. Um, I guess it's in Palm Springs at this time of year. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to demand that he trade Paul Goldschmidt, which is going to be awkward when he receives the MVP award in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, And on Arnato. Yeah, but you them. will be doing that. Is there any way you could like wear a GoPro for this, just so we could have? Yeah, yeah, I'll be mic'd up, and yeah, I'll, I'll let them know that this is this is not like, a, hey, can you do this? This is this is I'm telling you, you need to, it, this needs to get done, and I won't accept anything else. And when he asks, well, who will play first base and third base? I'll say, that's your job to find out. Right, and then you walk out. Right. All and, right. 
Good. And that'll be that. All I'm requesting is a GoPro. Right. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You can leave mic drops at the 101 ESPN app. Steve, uh, he, he wanted to calm down a little bit before he left one, so he waited a few days. Yeah, his, I think his throat might be legitimately hoarse after that one. <laughs> the tired of it you could hear on it. Uh, all right, Action Jackson questions. After our historic victory over Chris Nagel, historic is the word that's being used. I I'm telling I we've had more people come up to us here today. John Hewlett. From KC95, legend, yep. one of the greatest people in the world, much less uh, in radio, and uh, and Courtney Landrum yep. of The Courtney Show on 106.5 The Arch. She was, like, legitimately excited. I don't know if you were in the studio when she came in. Um, so people were fired up by it. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I was stunned by the number of people who were following along in the gallery. Uh, you asked this question. I am obligated to ask you what some of your favorite upsets in sports history are. And what makes them so special? What are some of your favorite ones locally? And on the flip side, what are some times when the local team got upset that broke your heart? All right, Jackson, uh, I imagine you probably are going to use the Nuggets and Sonics from the first round and uh, shocking Sean Kemp and Dikembe Mutombo holding the basketball on the floor weeping as yours. Uh, no, I think that was before my birth, or maybe right. I think right, it was by right. five or six years. Yeah, and they're all playing for second when the Bulls were at their peak. Um, but the, I'll take the last question first. Okay. Uh, the one that broke my heart, and still, it's in my Mount Rushmore worst days uh, of my young life, was when Norfolk State defeated the Missouri Tigers in the first. That, that is one of the worst days of your life. Top five, yeah, that was wow. brutal. What a charmed life in the Central Corridor you lead. Uh, just being, I've I'm I'm been very fortunate. Uh, I've had a six five seven eight very good life so far, and so it actually is a blessing that I've that's one of my worst days of my life. But truly, it's too is. late. Ship's truly. already sailed. It's out. It's out in the harbor now. Oh, I've given up on trying to appease anybody. Um, but yeah, that that one because the team was legitimately like really really good, and when you play forty minutes of basketball, that kind of stuff can happen. You run into Norfolk State buzzsaw. Anything, like I said, anything can happen with two 20-minute halves. To follow along that train of thought from local heartbreaking ones, I think the one that is the most obvious, I think. But you have to be, you know, if you were born in 98, yeah. you know, you were, you were what, three when it happened. That is the Rams and Patriots. Yeah. it's t- and, I, and I still believe that set off a chain reaction of events that played a role in them moving. Right. I I. I yeah, I do because I don't think that things go down the way that they do when uh, the Frontier Estate had to sell, um, and I don't think things would have been in the condition that they were because that franchise just went into absolute disarray from that moment forward. Right, the moment that Mike Martz is lifting up that yellow rope to go shake Bill Belichick's hand, that was the beginning of the end. Um, as far as ones that I love, I mean, this is kind of before my time I was alive, but I won't remember. I mean, the, the all-time great is... NC State? No. That's a great one, though. I'm not disregarding it because it's basketball. Uh, but there is USA one. defeating Russia. Yes, that's that's it. Yeah. that's That, to me, is it. Um, locally, best upset. God, locally, what's the best upset there? I'm probably missing an obvious. I should just look at the text inbox. Um, it's... Pro sports are, I feel like, are tougher because the discrepancy between the skill levels in two pro teams is way slimmer than the discrepancy between a really good college team and a bottom tier. Cardinals were big underdogs against the Detroit Tigers in 2006, but I didn't necessarily feel like the Cardinals 
beat them as much as the Tigers beat themselves. I lost it. Yeah, when you're letting David Eckstein really win World Series MVP. You couldn't complete a throw to first base. Yeah, outfield had some issues too. Uh, Yeah, Curtis Granderson paying tribute to Kurt Flood. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Luckily, it's tough. I feel like the Blues being the Bruins was somewhat of an upset. Uh, yeah, I think they were underdogs, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. it's not in the category. I mean, you're usually going to have to go to college to right, find right. something like that. And Mizzou has been upset before. There's been, I mean, they were 12 seed and they got to the elite eight, but I doubt many people are like, oh, what a magical moment. Right. Um, defeating Georgia, uh, football, what year was that? When they went between the hedges. Uh, that wasn't, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, the point is we're not coming up with a good one. I think mean, there's gotta <laughs> be an obvious one. There's got to be an obvious one. Tim, what about Oakville Hockey beating CBC in 2006? Thanks. It's from the 573. That was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Oakville Tigers? I feel Oakville Lions? This okay. show lasting 10 months. Yeah, boy. I think that's each, inspired a lot of people who are brokering time. Each day is a miracle. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I love it. Like St. Peter's this year in the NCAA that tournament. So great. Yeah, great call. That was, I loved watching them. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, on the same line when the like universe... when, the, when the great teams in college football get to play the randoms in bowls you don't know how motivated the great teams are yeah i never feel like those are i mean right. i suppose appalachian state and michigan oh, yeah because michigan was michigan the number one team in the country at that time i don't know but it was at the big one. house i yeah. mean and app state was d2 at the time i want to say yeah um yeah Tim, what about Howell beating CBC in 2011? A lot of CBC upsets apparently coming in. Uh, one of the worst one, Blues losing to the Sharks in the first round after the President's Trophy. That's that's a nice play. That was brutal. That one was brutal. That's a legitimate one. Uh, somebody sending in the 85 World Series. That's an up, that is a legitimate upset with a negative. We're coming up with a lot of negatives. I guess that is the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that is our brand. Uh, but that, to me, that was an upset but again, it was, you know, I mean, if if Don Dengager makes the right call, it doesn't happen. Right. And I'd be curious if I were on the other side of that. Like if you were in KC? Right, or if the exact other scenario happened. Like it happened to the Cardinals, yeah. And I'm telling you, and that's why there was a bit of a controversial call in Game 5 of the Blues and Bruins. And I think they thought there should have been a penalty on Bozak, if I'm not mistaken. And it became a big thing, and then the Bruins scored, and it, it was disallowed or something. I don't know what the hell happened. I forgot. But point being, I'm like, I don't, and I didn't want Char to be hurt because I'm like, if they're gonna win, I don't want St. Louis Blues fans to have the same crap that Royals fans had, which then created this weird, odd inferiority complex. Yeah. For a number of years, I wanted it to be pure, beat the best team at their best. Right. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And I think that's what created the weirdness that some in Kansas City had with St. Louis and most in St. Louis have no idea that this even exists unless you went to the University of Missouri. Yeah, that does suck when like a, a bad call is made to like like the Saints and Rams game or whoever it was just blew up on a pass interference call that yes. no call. And Couldn't agree with you more. And that's like Couldn't oh, agree with you more. Couldn't agree with so you more. Lame. That's a that's a nice observation. That's like a, even, that's a good one. I realize in St. Louis is a little more passionate because it was the Rams a few years after they had moved. 
But that was just terrible. They changed the rule after it. Yeah, then they changed it. Didn't stick. Uh, Tim, I think the biggest upset this year was Boy taking a date to the Post Malone concert. That's from the 314. Thank you for that. I needed that. Uh, Tim, what about the Cardinals over the Mets in the NLCS in 2011? It was an upset since it didn't occur. (laughs) That was 06. Uh, Oh, Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson. That's an all-timer. That one I'm, I have... That was a watch. weird one because it happened in Japan and nobody was paying attention to it. Was it on at like a super weird time? I remember watching Channel 5 News and they had Trey Wingo, who was anchoring really? Channel 5 that's at the time, awesome. lead the newscast, but there wasn't video. Yeah, that's wild. And, so it's like describing it. And they're like, you know, it's like Dick Ford and Karen Foss tossing to Trey Wingo, breaking news in the world of sports. And at that time, you're thinking it's got to be a St. Louis story. And it's Mike Tyson losing to Buster Douglas. You go, what? No, I didn't even know they were fighting because it was in Japan and obviously a different time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an all-timer. But the one that I think inspires people the most... You know, is is the miracle on ice. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts welcome. 65780, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Dan McLaughlin joining us next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program the great Dan McLaughlin. Morning, Dan. Let's the gallery. This gallery's, there's a charge in the gallery this morning. There really is. There's an excitement as we approach the 11 o'clock hour on a Thursday. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, it's been a few days. I know you have been uh, talking about it uh, on 101 ESPN throughout and, of course, on uh, Bally's post-game coverage. I thought one of the most eye-opening conversations uh, I heard you having was with uh, Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis on the opening drive talking about your conversation with Ali Marmol and the analytics of the uh, Jose Quintana decision. And uh, I wanted to uh, see what he, what he had to say when you had a chance to talk before game two, because I'm telling you, I have had more people, and I can't imagine what it's like for you, asking me my opinions on what happened specifically in game one, not really the series, but just game one. I don't recall something like this with a managerial decision in a long time. So your conversation with Ali Marmol and what he had to say, not only about the 75 pitches, but then also about what took place in the, uh, the, the eighth and ninth innings. Sure. I mean, he's, he's so good with us. Um, and it's, it's great. I mean, if you have a, if you have a question, you can go to him and uh, especially for us as broadcasters that are around the team day in and day out. And the best thing about Ali, he'll say to you, what would you have done? What do, what do you think? I love that because the one great thing that Tim McCarver, and he taught me a lot of great things, but the one thing that Tim would do on a game, and I'll answer your question here momentarily, and I said this to Ollie, there really is no right answer. If, if, the, if you take him out early and it works, no one's saying anything. If you left him in and it didn't work, now people are saying, well, why didn't you do it the way that you've been doing it all year, which is how he handled a Quintana in game one. And Tim would always say, you know, baseball's so funny and weird that you can have an opinion, and more times than not, there isn't a right answer. It's just up to the execution of the players. So having said that, uh, I, me personally, I wanted to see Quintana stay in the game. And for me, it was an eye test thing. I, I thought he was getting in on the righties better than he had been really in the final month. And that's saying a lot because his ERA was under one in the final month. He had been awesome. And yeah. I asked him, I said, you know, what, what did you, what was the mindset here? What were you thinking? And he said, really, he said, we pushed him further than what the analytics would have said to do. He said, so 
I actually pushed him with eye test more than I would have maybe than, than what the book said to do on the analytics and what you do and this time through and yada, yada, yada. And he said, you know, we didn't want him to face Real Muto and Hoskins again. Mm-hmm. And I understand that mm-hmm. because Real Muto, in his second at bat, almost hit one onto Clark Street. I mean, he just missed a pitch that he normally puts out on, you know, into the seats. So that was the mindset there. And in terms of Helsley, I said, did he, did he throw a breaking ball prior to the series? The answer was yes. Was he hurt? The answer was no. And he just kind of fell apart. So I think the one thing you could maybe second guess if you wanted to is why not have um, somebody up once there was a little bit of trouble and, and just have that guy ready. And, and I think that's valid. But he had just gotten the first, the, the first two in the eighth, and he, you know, or the last two in the eighth, right. and the first guy in the ninth. And he thought, okay, this is going to be a, a you know, shut-the-door kind of situation. And Harper was one, too. Yeah, and it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And that happens, and unfortunately, the Cardinals are, are done. And I, I, I shudder to think what the Cardinals might have done um, once they got past the Phillies. I, I think they could have made a run. I think it would have been a lot of fun, but you know, it didn't work out, and that's the way it goes. Yeah. It, Here, here's the thing, though, yeah. Tim. The, the, here's the thing. They didn't hit, the, and the big guys did not hit. And that was my number one key to the series was Goldie has got to be Goldie. Arenado's got to be Arenado. And if those two guys aren't going to hit, and it's unfortunate to put so much on those two, but that's the reality of it. When you looked at how they won a lot of games this year, especially in the beginning of the season, and Albert was not Albert in the second half, you know, in the first half, it, it came on the shoulders of those two. And if they hit, they won. So, you know, they pitched well for the most part outside of that ninth inning. I mean, the Phillies had four hits in, in game two. That was it. Oh. You know, and they just didn't hit. So that, that to me is the big story. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. It was my concern going into the postseason because of what had transpired in September. So I'm curious, you were, you were there for – and you were on the call on the radios. There, there were two different styles of not hitting, though, when you look at Arnado and Goldschmidt. Arnado hit some really hard balls. Did you think, because you have to be so good at this with calling the games, when that ball was off Arnado's bat early on against Wheeler, did you think off the bat that was a home run? I thought it was a home run, and I'm usually on it when I see it on TV from watching a million times at this point. Yes, and oh. I was on the, uh, that was my call, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was that was my one of my innings and I thought he got it and as a play by play guy, you know, you try to you rise to the, you know, there's a drive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and when it didn't leave, it, it was surprising to me because uh, I, I just I watched Arenado a little bit. I'm watching him and the ball and and the uh and the outfielders converged and I, I just you thought it was gone, and I, I wonder if it was the temperatures. You know, that was a cooler day. That mm-hmm. was around 60 degrees at that time. And some of the other balls that were hit, too, even some of the Philly balls, I thought were going to be gone. And they were just like warning track uh, fly balls. So the ball was not traveling, certainly, in uh, in those two days. Yeah, so Arnato had some loud outs. Had one in game two. Great play by Bohm down the third base line. Goldschmidt, on the other hand, I just haven't seen him look like that. You know, the 3-2 pitch where he swung at one in the dirt in a key moment in Game 2. So I'm just curious, in, in your conversations, obviously you talk with Mormal quite a bit, uh, probably have had conversations with people uh, about it. But, you know, I just can't figure out what went on there because he's just so sound for it to be this slump that lasted all the way through the postseason. What What is your opinion 
on what what uh, went on with Goldschmidt. Well, I think first of all, the 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 slump for me began for him uh, after he had the two home run day in uh, at Wrigley, and at that time it was legitimate that he would have a shot to to get to the triple crown. And after that, it was just bizarre. Uh, I. I can't put my finger on it, Tim. And I talk to people all the time that are around him and um, obviously the coaching staff. And there are certain players that, not that they leave alone, but they know that they, those players trust themselves so much in the process and that they'll be able to come out of a slump. And Goldie is probably number one on that list where if he's not feeling well and sometimes he gets a sore back and you'll notice that he comes out of a lineup, more times than not, it's a sore back. And, and they trust him. They, he'll say, I need one day. Give me one day. My back will be fine, but let me sit and let me not do anything, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. And the same thing goes with how he approaches um, mentally and where he's at physically with his at-bats. And he, w- he said on a handful of times, I'm so close. I, I know I'm right there. I'm right there. And they trust that. And you have to trust the player to say he's going to be right there. You're not going to sit Paul Goldschmidt. And the only way to get out of it is to play. And he just couldn't get out of it. And they ran out of time. And it happened at the worst time in the season to yeah. have him come up, you know, short on the, uh, in the postseason run. Final question for you, mainly for time's sake, unfortunately. I'm looking at what the Cardinals have on the books financially. I mean, they, they have, they're committed to some dollars, in part because of the two gentlemen we're, we're talking about being $61 million. Again, operating on the premise that Arnado would be back and some semblance of the dollars that are, that are on the books for him next year. If you look at it, if Wainwright comes back, and I, and I heard you say your gut feeling uh, is that he will come back. That's your gut feeling. It's not any knowledge. I heard you saying that on 101 the other day. The rotation would be phenomenal in a rare spot where you can go, man, you got Michaelis, Wainwright, and if you can get something from Flaherty like it looked like it was trending at the end of the year and have Montgomery and get Quintana back, that's a really nice rotation. But there are some question marks in there. Um, what is the likelihood that that is the Cardinals' starting five when they head to Jupiter? Well, I think the one that I would be questioning is Quintana. Um, I would imagine that he made himself an awful lot of money with how he pitched here down the stretch. And so are you talking that he's an 8 to $10 million a year guy? Probably. So is that too rich for the Cardinals' blood? Because they do have some young kids coming. Tink Hens being one, Gordon Graceffo being another. Um, and these will be legitimate guys. These will be guys that will help this team. Um, that's something to think about. I, I think also when you look at, generally speaking, with the team, where does Jordan Walker fit in the plans of next year? And that maybe comes at the expense of somebody else that you still have under control. Dakota Hudson, by the way, going back to the pitching, is, is he a part of your plans? Tyler O'Neill. You know, those are all things that they have to figure out right now. But I, I do think that Wainwright is coming back. That's just my gut feeling. I think he wants to get to 200 wins. I think it's very important to him to get to that point. But um, the Quintana thing is something, boy, I, I'd love to see him back. I'm just not sure that that's going to be the case with if he hits free agency. I mean, if they mm-hmm. can get him before he hits, you know, that, that day in November, if they can work something out, then all bets are off. But if he winds up hitting free agency, who knows that, with some team, and it only takes one, one team that says, hey, 
we targeted that guy, and we're going to pay him a bundle of money to come pitch for us. There he is, Dan McLaughlin with us here every Thursday on Balloon Party. Always enjoy the conversation, Dan. Hope you get a little uh, well-deserved uh, time off now with the season over, sir. It's been my pleasure, and I look forward to a golf game with you oh, very, very soon. God bless America. That sounds good. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. You too, man. Dan McLaughlin with us here. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.